Coming live from Whitby, Ontario, Canada is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Edward Henry, founder of Edward Henry Company. And Edward is a uh, has, has a career in sales professional for over 30 years. And with his background in sales, sales management, sales training, and sales operations across various industries, he'll be sharing about his expertise and how he'll tell what exactly is the best way to sell today. Welcome to the show, Edward. Thank you, AJ. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you. Thank you. So why do you say, Edward, is that traditional selling doesn't work anymore? And that's why you have created EHconomics. Economics, that's right. I mean, um, really, it's because traditional sales doesn't work anymore. We've been selling wrong for over 2,000 years. And you think about it. Everything that we say about traditional sales has been about creating a win-win scenario. But yet the way we sell, our entire approach is based on a bias that's usually slanted either towards us, rarely in favor of the customer. And the truth is we don't really do the very thing that we've set out to do in every relationship when we evaluate risk and reward. And that is turn relationships into partnerships. Our entire approach has never been designed to do what, we, what it is that we've been trying to do or we talk about the entire time. So okay. economics is about let's stop talking about doing these things and let's start actually training our salespeople or training our customer representatives to do the very thing that we say that we're doing. It's almost like we talk about something that we never really do or never come close to that actual promise. Right. Uh, but there, there are such big sales departments and on, along with that, there are marketing departments that are brilliant people, head of marketing, head of sales. And on top of that, there is the CEO who has got so many years of industry experience and still they don't know uh, how to make sales the right way. They don't know what exactly is wrong with the sales process, not only in one company, but globally, everybody is struggling to make sales in so many industries across. Why is it that it's so difficult to comprehend the basics of sales that has changed from traditional to the new format? I think it's respect for the customer. I mean, you really think about it. I mean, salespeople today are constantly dealing with, with areas of, uh, I guess you could say, well, well, we're just really not doing that very thing that we say. I mean, we talk about, um, we, we say a lot, but we rarely do the things that we say we do in business. I mean, there's a heavy investment in what you already said in the marketing. There's also a heavy investment in the customer service departments. And they don't, they don't act like customer service departments. They play a different role of defense, almost like a, a support system for a broken selling system. I mean, when you look at the way sales is being managed, it's being managed with a whole lot of uh, money to fix things, but the very thing that's broken. And that is the way that we sell. And, and when you really look at it, salespeople today are not trained to take the time to do the things that they're supposed to do. They're always, they're always rushing. They're never taking the time to plan, prep, really establish that relationship with the customer. Like we focus on a B2B sales, uh, sales model, which means if you have a long-term relationship with the customer, is it not a partnership you're trying to establish? And why are you so focused on selling your product and, and trying to find things in common with your customer rather than finding a common direction? 
And that's when economics really, truly establishes. It means let's really show you how to bring that conversation together with the customer. Okay. So is it that uh, we can say several of the salespeople, they are actually lying and not selling? Can we say that? Let me ask you a question, AJ. How many times has a, sale per, uh, a, a salesperson told you something and failed to do it? I mean, let's think about this for a second. How many times have they failed to deliver a proposal on time, to deliver a task on time, to really meet your expectation, even after telling you they would do this? I mean, is everything we say a promise or not a promise? I mean, if we declare it, are we, do we mean it or do we not mean it? And that's the problem. We're not taking the time to really articulate or even take the time to really make our words mean anything. Marketing has become slogans and so have salespeople. And it's become very common. Customers have gotten used to it. I mean, when you pick up the phone to call customer service, do you not expect to have an argument first? Do you really expect to get what it is that you need to have to solve your problem? And the answer is you do not. You call with, I need to fight for this. And that shouldn't be the case. Customers have gotten used to being in a wheelhouse of that constant, this is how we've done things for years and we've gotten used to it. So the answer is no, salespeople right now are lying. And I think we have to really accept that. If we want to change how we do business or the way we proceed, then we have to change the way that we do business. Right. Then a question comes to my mind. In fact, I thought I'll ask you right away is about marketplaces. Now in real life, you meet a salesperson. But on marketplaces, you know about a product you go and buy. But here, the worst case is several marketplaces also don't bother about uh, about the uh, about the customer uh, because they sell, and you don't know whether it's a faulty product or it's a fake product. But you buy it on a marketplace thinking that it's a respected marketplace, and then you keep on calling. You either talk to the uh, to the a company which made that product they are not bothered many times the marketplace does not know what to do about it because they are also in a way several times don't not bother they made the sale that's it they've got the money and that aspect how what what is your way of looking at that part of the customer experience well see the problem with transactional items are is that the buyer makes a very short decision. It's a short decision process, right? We're evaluating risk and reward and based on the dollar amount, we can live with the result. So so th it, that model on its own, I mean, we've gotten used to that, that we, we buy products and we evaluate that risk. And unfortunately, there's only so much you can do as far as really, it's more of a marketing concept to really establish that branding. It's not really a sales project at that point when you really look at it from that basis. So. All a salesperson can do in those situations is really sell their product properly. But when you're when you have a sub product, I mean, what are you really dealing with there? That's a marketing issue and a, and a business issue at that point. Okay, okay. And so let me come to the sales part just a moment later. But here, in such cases, what are the options for a customer? If the salesperson is not good, ultimately you need products in your life, and you try your best to get from whichever company you think is good enough, whose sales or, and service is good enough. And well, then see, you face a problem. So what should a customer do? Or what are the things that they can do before making a purchase? I'll come to the sales part of it uh, a bit later on, but from a customer point of view, because this is very important if they are going for buying a particular product or service. 
Well, you know what? I mean, we've taken a relationship out of most sales activities. And the, and the problem is we've taken a relationship out of a lot of business to business activities too. I mean, we seem to be moving away from that aspect. The truth is what the customer should really be looking for is the kind of salesperson they can partner with. No, and, and you know, here's the, here's the funny thing. If you look at the sales relationship, we take the one part that's very important out of the relationship, which is the relationship itself. Now, what I mean by that, think about this for a second. We are so geared and focused, our biases around a product or a service and getting the sale, but what we're not thinking about, which is critically important, is what is the customer looking to establish? The customer itself should be really wondering or should be wanting to know if that actual salesperson is willing to meet the expectation and are they looking to grow a, a partnership? Now, here's the basis that I really laugh at. I thought about this for years when I was selling. I started selling and I was selling and I would get customers and then I would try to maintain the account. But is that the way that we handle most relationships? And the answer is no. Because the, the truth is every relationship we have, we set mutual expectations, right? We set boundaries of how we establish mutual trust. We set, we have accountability. But for whatever reason, us salespeople sometimes will go in trying to please the account, trying to make the customer happier, try to do things, say things, whatever it is, rather than focus on what are we both trying to establish here? Let's discuss that. Let's stop. Let's stop with the hiding games. Let's discuss what we're trying to establish and what do we need to do to have that, that partnership, that win-win relationship going forward. And our entire questions are never geared around the customer's goals. It's geared around what do I need to do to sell this product or what do I need to do to sell this service, which means there's no real discovery here. Right, Edward. But you see, a few days after the sale, you have met a very good uh, salesperson and he has kept by and large his promises. But the sale is actually endorsed by the company. The salesperson can change. He can change jobs. What do you do after that? Because if the customer is inherently not a very good company in terms of keeping its promises the salesperson is gone he's gone and you are left with whatever is left of their promises whatever their words will mean for you what do you do in that sense how do you know that this company is a good company because there is so much of marketing and sales gimmick all the time and you know uh, 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 these sort of companies make Bigger noises, better noises than people who are actually doing great work. Good people do not work for bad companies. Let's, let's be real. Like good salespeople, <laughs> they do not work for did bad you, Did you work for bad companies? Have I worked for bad companies? Yes, and I haven't stayed there, right? I mean, if, if you stay at a bad place, it's because you, you really have bad intentions. Let's be really clear about it. If I'm a long-term sales rep or I even spent any time at a company that's not good, you know, I'm not going to sit there. Any good person are going to tell you, hey, you're dealing with a great company if you're not. That's a con artist. Let's be real about this. If I'm saying something that's not true, then it's not true. I'm lying. Right. And we've gotten very comfortable with lying in culture. I mean, we will take we really have gotten extremely comfortable with lying in culture. If you don't believe me, people will vote for people that lie and know they lie and it's OK. And they'll believe them. We've gotten very comfortable creating a culture of lying. We've gotten so comfortable with it. We, we literally have created a defense department, which we call customer service, which really does what? Protect those lies, right? So the reality is, is that if we if we want to stick out, if we want to be unique, do what our competitors are not doing. And that is do exactly what you say you're going to do. 
when you're going to say when you say you're going to do it now here's the thing a lot of companies will say well that we know we can't do that think about that for a second we know we can't do that so and they will not change the way that they are because it makes money disrupting the culture is very is very scary what we proved with economics is is that that when you implement this culture of of actually really truly creating an accountable system that shows people how to do things when they say they're going to do it how to plan it it's actually more efficient and more profitable and you actually do make more sales because you're using less sales waste which is a huge which is a huge thing that people don't even realize they create so much sales waste trying to create these easier softer ways to sell right can can you explain this sales waste a bit uh you know better manner for a lot of people who would want to understand this well it's it's the times that you spend doing everything that's not sales oriented administration customer service sorry customer service right <laughs> customer service is sales waste let's be real if i did things properly the way i said they would be done there wouldn't be a need for it i'd already be the service right and that and that's the problem with the system is that it's really not treated as how do we do what we say we're going to do instead it's like how do we maintain this system that we have already in place the way that it works the way it is right and change can be scary that way but businesses struggle with that thing we've shown that the way that we do an assessment and we identify all these areas where they're losing engagement with the customer the areas where they're spending all this this sales waste we show them a different way of doing things that really doesn't change much from what they're doing it's just how they approach it and how they manage it and the truth is most of these sales managers today they're not good sales managers they're really not and the truth is they they're set up to fail to begin with they're dealing with a data mess bad adoption crm is completely their enemy not their friend like it's it's a hard place to be a sales manager today so every sales manager is set up to fail and if they say they're doing a good job they're not telling the truth I walk into companies every day and we find tons of sales waste. We show where the opportunities are going cold and where they're blind as a bat. Using economics is like turning on a is turning on the lights while you're driving in the dark. Right. Right, Edward. Uh now before I come to this uh economics, let me ask you one thing. This is seems to be a global pandemic means uh sales actually not about sales but actually about as you use the word called convincing okay and now that's that's the problem now is it like a global thing that has happened suddenly why is it that it has become a global uh, sort of a pandemic in terms of sales people lying if it were one place two places it is understandable but we all the time we keep on talking about industry best practices what happened to the basic practices and then when we talk of customer service you have actually given that out to the bots when you call you are not talking to humans you are talking to bots and when you talk to a human several times the human is much more stupid than a bot kill ever be so you don't know where to go so i just wanted to understand how did it go where go wrong where did it go wrong when did it go wrong you have been a sales person for the last 30 years can you pinpoint a time in time when it exactly went to this place that we are in it's technology look you 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 use the word pandemic which is a very it's a fascinating word because sales people experienced a pandemic back in 2006 just like the way our our world did or our planet 
And what I mean by that, the kind of tech, the kind of pandemic that salespeople experienced in 2006 was a technology pandemic. And what I mean by that, in that, in that one year, in that one year, 2006, salespeople had had experienced a change in their culture by the means of social media, smartphones, and CRM exploded. Salesforce became, that was Salesforce's year. That was the year that they really said, here we are. And businesses were like, and, and salespeople were like, we got to use this. Like, well, I don't even use email. I got to use this thing. It was a culture stopper. I mean, it was like this. And it created sales waste like we've never seen. And since then, we've been trying to find ways to make sure that technology is not our, our, our enemy. And, and, and it's been, it's, it's creating what I call lost in data or even sales waste massive all over the place. Companies have been trying to get back on the side of this, no different than the way that we try to get back on the side of a pandemic. The reason why this happens is just like the way you've seen it over the last two years. If you don't have a clear, concise game plan or a response to how we live with this change of life, then we adopt and create something on our own. And salespeople did the very same thing. And that's why we have this mess today. We've all created something with no standard understanding of protocol. And now we're trying to, we've tried to come back and say, hey, how do we do business the right way? And technology has not been our friend when it comes to, like you said, it's bots. You can't even get people on the phone rarely anymore when you have a problem, especially if you buy software or service. Software service does not want you calling the phone. It's the worst thing in the world. And you see the bosses are available on LinkedIn and all other places. But you try and reach them in real life about a problem that you are facing with their product or services, they suddenly become invisible. That's the worst part. And they keep, you call CM on forums, they keep on talking about customer service, customer is king. And I don't know what else to say. I've been a journalist for the last 25 years in media. And I can tell you of several of these people who want to be thought leaders, not customer centric leaders at all. I mean, that's a shame, I can tell you. Well, AJ, I mean, you're, you're saying something, but think about this for a second, right? Um, we sit there today knowing that this is the problem, and we keep going on trying to do the same thing but differently. I mean, it's it's crazy. We say we need relationships, but yet we we want texting. We want bots, right? We, we say this is the problem, but we do the opposite. And, and the truth is, I mean, everybody's looking for an easier, softer, faster way because they do not know how to fix the problem, which is quality. Right, right. So let the problem be where it is at the moment and let the experts deal with them. So-called experts and real experts we don't know at the moment. And let's look at an, uh, your expertise. You know, economics. What That's is what? this all about and how can actually things be better through this method. See, uh, you know what? I don't want to, I, I, I get accused of, of shitting all over the sales industry. I'm sorry. I'm just saying it the way it is. Here's the reality. Okay. Economics is great for this reason. If I, when I, for years, like when I talk about, you know, I could teach sales training to anybody that wanted to sell. And I started to believe I couldn't. And other people can say they could do the same thing. And you hear you're either born or you're not born to be a salesperson. And yet maybe, maybe there's something to that based on the characteristic of what we needed for a salesperson. But today, consumers have access to information they don't want to be lied to. They accept this mediocrity because it's what we have, right? But the reality is the companies that recognize that, hey, how can we do something better? We came up with a five rule 
five-step program, five rules of five steps. Now, those steps can be changed because the steps just, they, they are based on the stages where the customer goes from risk to reward, that transition, that mental transition. But here's the thing, in that process, economics, what it does is applies these rules of adoption in a way that the salesperson does exactly what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. Now, what's beautiful about this is, if I said to you, hey, I want to teach you sales training, what does that sound like to you? I'm, I'm teaching you how to sell. Does that sound like I'm teaching you something honest? I mean, really think about that. When I say that to any person, what is their stigmatism about selling? Now I'm going to teach you how to do that. What does it sound like I'm teaching you how to do? Even if we're not saying it, right? Is it saying I'm teaching you how to lie better? I'm teaching you how to be more crafty or creative. Is that what I'm teaching you? Or am I teaching you how to do what you say you're going to do? Now that's different. We have been able to train people that would not embrace or adopt that selling, that old selling. But when we teach them economics and teach them how to manage engagement, not how to sell, how to manage engagement, how to establish a proposal and how to keep your word and show the customer you're a better, a better option. Well, that's different. And we've been able to teach non-sales type people how to sell because of that. Now think about that for a second. Non-sales type people that would never accept sales training or sales information have now found it easier to sell because they don't feel like they're selling. Right. Right. The best sales is when you actually are not selling. Correct. Right. So economics is about taking that relationship, good or bad, to partnership. And that's the win-win scenario. Right. And, okay, then amidst all this, you know, the things that we talk, there are actually some people who are actually trying to build a sales culture of accountability and results. What would you say about them? Would you want to tell them something about how they can be you know, better. Absolutely. Don't you change your CRM, number one. You don't need to change your CRM. That's the first, everybody thinks they need to change systems to change process. That's not what you need to do. What you need to do is change what's broken, right? And what's broken is that you have a system and most times, and by the way, this is the most common mistake of every company or organization or even government that ever tries to employ a new system. And by the way, I'll even tell you where you can find the most brilliant part of this, what I'm about to share with you. A gentleman named Brigadier General, he's a retired Brigadier General named Mark Martins of the United States Army. He wrote a thesis and he, and he explained that when you develop a system based on controlling behavior, it will fail. Controlling behavior fails. And you think about some of the things we tried to do during the pandemic. But when you create a system that reduces the effects of human behavior, well, then that system will succeed. Now, I want you to think about something very powerful. The United States Army has been able to create training programs and a system based on five rules, five whole rules. They send an 18-year-old boy, boy, by the way, I'm going to say boy, not man, boy, and they put him in the worst place in the world with a rifle. And they say, make good decisions regardless of your cognitive levels of stress. Now, think about that. And yet, we can't make good decisions on a sales during, we're rushing or like, I mean, this is, this is very powerful, right? right? So, and I heard these words that are very powerful, AJ. I heard these words and they, and, and they, and they changed my life. They changed my life over 10 years ago. And a gentleman, I can't remember who I, who said it, but it, but it was a sales speaker. I hated everything he said that day, except for this. Are you doing what you do 
or are you doing what you know? And that changed. That really changed. And that made me realize, what is it that I was adopting? How come I don't do what it is I know when I'm supposed to do it? And we went deep looking for how to really make things adopt. That's why economics works. We didn't just throw another, here's your sales training program. We have something that actually works and clients that will swear up and down it works. If you practice what we do, you're going to win. Right, right. And how do you see then the future of companies who have salespeople and several of them with the number rising who believe in convincing and not actually real sales, thinking about the customer? What is the future like for them? Already we are in a deep problem because of the slowdown and almost moving towards some sort of a recession globally. Look, you know what? The, the companies right now that are going to win are the companies that embrace a hybrid model right now. They really are. But they're going to use technology in a but way. They, they, hybrid model as in what? They will have some, some guy who are good at uh, telling lies and some guys who are uh, no, good no, at no, telling no, lies. They will embrace technology. They will embrace <laughs> technology. They will embrace technology and they'll learn, but they'll, they will keep the human, the contact, the connection. They understand the importance of partnership. Now, those will be the companies that win, but most the, the, the actual true salesperson, it will stay the same. Like things will stay the same. This is, we have been doing this for over 2000 years this way. Right. I mean, do you, re, you, I mean, can we really change an entire behavior like that? No. But what I do believe is, is that salespeople, companies will keep building systems to cover what they can't get salespeople to do rather than companies change the very thing that needs to be changed the way they are led. If you want to keep playing, if you want to keep this model based on producing revenue, even knowing that it's protecting a lie, whether it meets a substandard of service. Now, let's think about that. You're either going to give the quality you promise or you're going to create the system that helps you to protect the lie. And that's what's going to continue. Okay. Okay. Now, let's come to the new book that you are writing from relationship to partnership. partnership. Tell us about that. What can people expect from that, especially the sales people and you know, when will it come out? How to, obviously, we will, will know when they, where they can buy when it comes out. Well, you know what? It's it's a real, it's going to be a, this book is, is special because the, the first book I wrote called CTB, which was an acronym for Cut the Bull. The thing that, the thing that um I talked about in CTB was an inspiration, my passion. And it came from my partner. It came from my beautiful wife, Joy. Now, here's the thing. And I, and AJ, I, I, I don't mean to be sappy and talk about it, but it's the truth. I have to talk about it. I knew, I thought I knew a lot about selling, but I knew nothing about partnerships, which meant I knew little about selling. Now think about that for a second, okay? But a woman taught me the value, the understanding of the do's and don'ts of a successful partnership. When I understood that, then I understood something about selling. And that changed the way that I, and it made me realize that you can sell honest. Like you can really truly sell and do what you say you're going to do. You don't have to be that con artist. And I proved it in my business and I'm proving it with clients. And if it wasn't for that, I never would have experienced. And I chased a dream of saving, of, sell, of uh, solving all these sales problems for over 10 years. And I started figuring out things like this. Once I figured out the value of a partnership and that's that is what extreme economics is going to be all about. It's going to be about understanding 
exactly the do's and don'ts. What you do, what you're supposed to do to be a good partner in your personal relationship is what you're supposed to do in every relationship. And that's economics. That's economics. And how do people learn more about uh, things like this? Because it's only a half an hour podcast and you can only learn as much as you is possible within. But there is so much for you from you that they can do. So how do they connect with you? How can businesses connect with you? And some businesses who actually want to do things the right way. Sure. We, we, you can go to economics.com just as you see there. It's, but it's not, it's not ECO. It's E-H-C-O for right. Edward Henry Co. Economics.com. And you can also go to edwardhenry.com. We also, uh, we answer the phones here. We really do. No, we, we actually answer the phones here. <laughs> you can call 647-725-7575 and somebody will answer the phone. And if they weren't able to, they will call you back in the same day if it's a business day. I promise. I promise. Right. May your tribe increase. Yes. Really. May your tribe increase. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much, Edward, for joining this show. Thank, Thank you so you, much. Jay.